Okay, episode two of the Fine Line Podcast. Today, I'm here with my friend, Kai Benton. How you doing, man? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, I'm not bad. A busy day. I was at the... Um, I was getting my level one coaching course today. At, uh, really? Yeah, down at the... You know, the ringside? Yeah. Yeah, so I was there from... I think I got there at nine. And then I left not to half four. So... It was quite painful. So how many levels are there to it? Um, there's, I think there's three levels. And then it goes level one, level two, level three. And then it goes for, again, then it goes star one, star two, star three. And star three, I think, would be if you're at a, like an Olympic level coach, you're, you're training the Irish uh, national team. So that's, that's class. So what can you do yeah. with a level one now? Or is it more just level prestige? One, sorry? Is it more just prestige? Like, does it more just say you pass it? Or is there certain yes. things you can do with each level? Level one is basically unqualified now to to coach at the at, at the globe unofficially. Um, like, I'm seen as under the IBA as an official coach, so I'm recognised by the IBA. And then it also lets me go in and corner people. Because before that, you have to have this course done to corner people at fights. So now this will enable me to, to corner lads from the club if they have a fight. So it's, That's it's, really good. Lot of, it was a lot of um, how to throw a jab, how to throw a cross, how to throw a hook. Like stuff I already know, but yeah, um, it's, it's just part of the course. They have to do it. So it was quite tedious, but some of the stuff we're good now for it. Um, like the pad work, which I wouldn't have much experience doing. So learning new ways to do pads and better ways to set up sessions. So that, that's very good. At least getting that young as well. Yeah, I know, I know. Like, I I think I asked the fellow who was doing the course. He's his name was Michael. Um, what was it? Michael Carrot Carrot. I can't remember his name. But he's an Olympic gold medalist from Crew. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he won in the 1992, I think, Barcelona games. Um, he won those courses. Yeah, he did it with this other lad too called Paddy. From, he's from Belfast. I don't know his second name, but both of them did it together. Yeah, so it was cool to have someone from that prestige, um, you know, teaching me um, new ways to be a better coach. He's a coach down at Drimlin now. He's been yeah. there for years. But, um, yeah, so he was cool to uh, it was cool to listen to him and talk to him. I was talking to him a bit at lunch because we stopped for lunch, um, and he I asked him then, like, what do you need to do to get like become an Olympic level? And I think the way it goes is you have to get to your level three, and then I think before you get your your one star, though, you have to be coaching for like five or six years. So like, it's great that I'm getting in so early because. By the time I'll have all this time done, I'll still be in my early 20s, you know? Yeah, you'll have that under your belt at least. Yeah, and I'll have the experience too. Like, with the, the classes I've been uh, I've been coaching, I have the experience talking to the boxers in, like, a coach manner, teaching yeah. them how to do certain things. And, you know, like, you'd be surprised to start how awkward it is because you're used to being the boxer. You're used to going through the motions like you don't 
you don't think how to throw a job anymore. It's kind of like tying your shoelaces, you know, it's so second nature. But when you actually have to explain to someone how you throw a job, you're kind of thinking to yourself, oh, wait, this, this, you know, it takes, you know, it takes some practice, but it's good that I'm getting all done now and uh, I enjoy it anyway. So, so would you like to go, would you like the part of coaching instead of fighting now? Or would you like to do both? I'm going to do both, but for the future, like long term, the coaching is what I think would be my calling. You know, like I I love the fighting and I love sparring and I love training and everything else. But um, yeah. so I like that. Oh yeah, I like to fight some more. But the the coaching is definitely what my future will be. It won't be f- the fighting. You know. Yeah, a little Vidal Riley job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah so uh, what? Yeah, a good mix of both. Yeah, yeah, a good mix of both, yeah. So the reason you're on today then is because you were called, you were training, sorry, um you were competing for how long was it? Two years, three years? Coming up to three years now, yeah. Three years. And you like a topic in boxing combat sports that isn't really spoken about, but it's starting to get spoken about a bit more, is like the anxiety before a fight, the pressures before a fight, what you f- you feel before you go out there. Like people look at McGregor, he just did the billionaire walk or whatever it's called. Yeah. Just be, you know, you look sure. at Mike, yeah, billionaire stroke, yeah. You look at Mike Tyson, he was coming out soaked in sweat. Like he was just angry, you know? And people think that's how you feel before a fight. You feel like ready to go, all the confidence in the world. When actually yeah. a lot of the time it's the exact opposite. You know, you're hoping that, your opponent doesn't make it to the fight. You're you're very nervous in the back. You're down on yourself, and you yeah. felt that a lot, didn't you? Yeah, I really feel like I experienced that through uh, through my short amateur career so far. Um, I remember before my first ever fight, I fought in a show in Tala, and before that, our coach Carl Brabazon, very accomplished amateur boxer, he turned pro and everything. I think he was three and one when he turned pro. Uh. Or after he turned pro, that was his pro record. But he's an amazing hype man, almost. <laughs> like before my first fight, I had the way he talked. I had no like image in my head apart from me winning. Like I could only see my hand getting raised at the end of that fight, and I, without making excuses, uh, I was mismatched poorly. It was my first fight. I only had about six months experience. The kid was he was a year older than me, about five kg heavier. It was it was an awful fight. I got battered around, but um, it's strange because when I lost, it was almost such a shock. Not a shock because I thought I won the fight, but I just didn't really know what to expect. And like I didn't really have much nerves coming to my first fight, but after I realised what fighting was, like I didn't know what fighting was. I hadn't been to any live shows. Or I hadn't fought in any live shows up before that and then throughout the rest of my fights I had about five amateur fights I want to say it's just always in there kind of like it's like when you take that step out to the ring it's it's scary because the ring it's such a even though it's in such a public arena it's such a closed off space yeah you're like, locked it's exclusive in. almost yeah, you're locked in with someone that wants to like punch you in the face. And the same yeah. goes. You you want to kill them as well. Like it yeah. goes both ways. But yeah. 
it's odd. Because something then, that you're so used to doing, like in training and all, doing it two, three, maybe even four times a week, suddenly it turns into some big, massive occasion when you do it on one night, and that night is just so much different from all the other ones. Yeah, I remember making my first walk up to the ring in front of the crowd, and everybody's looking at you, and you know, you're coming in against someone like you are mismatched, as you said. I was for my first one now. I, I my first weight was at the leagues, and I uh, was coming in. It was some of my weight now, but to be fair, he had like four or five inches on me, so I was nervous. Yeah. First fight, and I go in, and you were at the fight, weren't you? Yeah, I was. I was watching that. That was right after my, one of my fights. Yeah, and I go in, and then like I was so nervous. This is what I said. So I walk up. You know the way before the fight, you go up, you meet in the middle, touch gloves, the referee says the rules, yeah. and then you go back to your corner. So I was so nervous. Stepping in, um, stepping into the ring, that your the fellow my opponent was like, yeah, good luck, man. And then just because I was so nervous, I said, yeah, well done, bro. Like I was already, <laughs> and then I even went like, oh, I mean, uh, good luck. And I said that in the ring, and then like the he was kind of like, all right, what the fuck? And then the referee was probably thinking to himself, yeah, this kid is absolutely shit in a break, and I was. Because there's so many, it's a really hostile environment down there. <clears throat> yeah. It's and, like you, you walk in and you don't, what people don't realise is you don't come in at the beginning of the night. You come in about half an hour before your fight. So if you're fighting at nine o'clock, the event might start at half seven, but you're only making it up there about half eight. Yeah. So the second you walk, you're in the thick of it. Like you're walking in, there's a fight already happening in front of you. Do you... um? Were you properly warmed up for your fight? Because I remember for my one, I was. they said you have, I think it was half an hour or whatever, but then two lads or three lads pulled out, and then that half an hour turned into like 10 minutes, you know, and then I didn't have a proper warm-up time. Did you have that as well? Yeah, I never really went without a warm-up. I always had at least, I didn't really do many like crazy warm-ups. I just shadow box, really. I always mm. had about 10 or 15 minutes of shadow boxing in my full gear with the wraps on, with the boots on before I stepped into the ring. I think I'm a bit of a believer that you, you should have a proper, decent half an hour. Obviously not a workout, but, you know, yeah. shadow boxing, loosen yourself up, some pad work, you know, whatever you need. Maybe a couple of squats just to activate your leg muscles, just so you're going in there warm and going in there. You're not going in cold, you know? You're yeah, warm, yeah. you're already loosened, your, your body's already, um, it's already been punching that day, you know, it's already experienced the stress, yeah. your, body, your body under stress before you step in. Um, well, I know, I know it's, that's, like, sometimes you just can't do that, because if you think everyone's warming up, there could be four or five fighters in the changing room at one time, and it's a very cramped space, it's very small. Like, yeah. there's the blue changing room, the red changing room, and they're both maybe only like 15 feet by 10 feet like it's a very small space yeah it's so awkward there isn't it like everybody's in their jocks and like getting changed and you know everybody's like a box that angry boxer face you know yeah. that, that everyone's class. like ready yeah <laughs> like you've like coaches no one, in there and oh no yeah to talk to each other everyone's there just to go in do their job yeah so when you're so with your, would you, would you call it anxiety before fighting or nerves, whatever? Did that start after the first fight or was it before the first fight? 
I think after the first fight, it was more of like a. It wasn't after the first fight because I felt like that went off a little smoothly. I could say, like mm. I was never hurt. I was, yeah. it, it was kind of just in and out, and it was in a, it was in a pub. Like it wasn't a lot of people. It wasn't a very loud fight. It was just kind of there. Yeah. But I, I think after my first fight, I'd say because uh, that fight was my first fight in the in ringside. And that was scary because I was going up on stage. And at the time, I was a little shorter, a little chubbier. I remember I got this big lanky guy. And it's just, it's intimidating when you get in. Because yeah. people don't <laughs> people don't get how tall a boxing ring is. <laughs> yeah. It's really <laughs> not getting in. I almost uh, fell over the second row. Really? Yeah. Um, like, so, one. You know the way you said it started after the first fight? Was that because you lost or did you get hurt? Because a big thing for me when I started is because we're used to sparring with 14 or 16 as close. So you have to pattern. You're going in. You, obviously, it still hurts. It's still someone punching you in the head, but it doesn't hurt as much. You don't really feel the knuckles as much. You have a lot of protection because they're big gloves. But then when you step in and then it's 10-ounce gloves, they're, they're small. You can feel yeah. the knuckles in the punch. Um, yeah, you know, everything the guard is all different, and when I got hit straight away, I can immediately feel the difference. And it took me like a minute to recover, like to kind of process what just happened to get my head into it because it's it's a shock, really, isn't it? Yeah, it's 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 a strange experience getting punched, getting punched hard with a boxing glove. It's it's weird because I don't. It's hard to explain because punches don't hurt when you're in a fight. Yeah. Like the adrenaline is so high that you don't even feel pain as much unless you get hit to the body. That hurts like a bitch. <laughs> you get punched in the face. Like it doesn't hurt per se. It's more like a sensation of something almost touching it and pushing your face backwards. I don't yeah, think it causes like pain. Yeah. Yeah. But after the first fight, I thought I was, I was never hurt in that fight, but I did lose that on decision. It was a unanimous decision, I think. And I felt like that was my first experience of getting into the ring. And the guy in front of me, you could look at him, you could see. It was his goal to go through me. And the, f- the first moment I realized that was when I walked into the ring. It was my first time with, uh, obviously, an uh, organized official event. And I was looking at the referee when he was talking. So I was listening to what he had to say. And the other man standing across the ring from me, he was just staring at me. And that was my first, like, oh, shit moment. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it only got real then at that moment. Yeah, because I feel like I much prefer actually sparring than fighting. Because I feel like in sparring, it's more of a chess match. Same goes with professional boxing. I think because of the longer rounds, that contributes to it a bit more. Or not longer rounds, but more rounds. It's that... It's more trying to piece the other person up. Like you want to be careful to not get hit yourself, and you want yeah. to make sure you're landing shots on your opponent. But in amateur boxing, only two minute rounds, three rounds, you have six minutes to make sure that every judge agrees that you won that fight. So it's a dog fight. Like it's very aggressive. Yeah, like it always annoys me. Well, it doesn't annoy me, but it it makes me think when. You see guys at the, the 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 gym or the club training, 
and you look at them and the technique is lovely they're when they're sparring you can tell they're really thinking they're analyzing their opponent they're looking them from head to toe analyzing their movements they're picking out their shots but then you see them go into the ring and they just go head for ladder and just swing and get in the war and then I yeah. feel like they're not doing themselves justice because they they got themselves to such a high standard technically that and then it just goes to waste in a way because they just go in and trade you know it's just like blow to blow, blow for blow. Sorry, me in the center of the ring. And yeah, I but, don't know. It just it, it made like it. You spend all that time working on footwork, working on technique, and obviously that still gets used in the fight. But I feel like a lot of people don't do themselves justice. I think the perfect amateur fighter. I say amateur fighter because amateur boxing and pro boxing score differently. Amateur boxing, it's a lot more about aggression and landing shots rather than professional boxing where they look into ring control and ring generalship and mm. the things that aren't about throwing punches where I think if you have the top amateur fighter if he goes into an amateur fight without the intention of hurting that other person they won't win the fight because I feel you can get the most technical counter puncher defensive fighter or whatever and if someone just goes in there with a higher work rate, throws more shots, even if they're missing more shots, once they're landing and they look like they're in charge, then they'll lose, they'll win that fight over the better fighter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. So when you were, so you had the first fight and you kept training, you were still down the club, like you didn't, you didn't take time off or anything, did you know? You came back basically the next week. No, you're I, I fought on all my fights, I've either fought on a Monday or Wednesday and I've came back sparring on the Tuesday or Thursday. Yeah. I didn't that let myself get, fall into a slump because <laughs> with, the leagues, with the leagues, you'll weigh in in the end of September and you can get called for a fight any stage after that up until Christmas. Yeah. I know they do their best and they do do a good job to be fair to man planning because there's so many people enters but it is a bit hard to plan for when yeah you're suddenly like oh you have a fight next week you know yeah i remember one of my fights i was talking to a kid in the changing room and he was a great boxer he's about 11 years old and he won his fight by uh i don't don't think it was knockout i think it was stoppage he didn't knock the kid out but the kid didn't get up after a 10 count if you know what i mean okay uh but he was he won his fight and he was angry because he was like mad pissed off. I was like, "What's up with you?" And he goes, "I'm after winning that fight there, and I'm after fighting last Wednesday. This is on a Wednesday." He said, "I'm after fighting Wednesday last week as well, and they're after calling me back to fight this kid now." So like they're literally giving people a week between fights, so there's no time for you to take off. Yeah, I suppose though that's also the name of the game, isn't it? Though for amateur boxing, like you can't really complain too much about that because, like, you did enter the leagues, and when you enter, you know it's between these September and December, and they have to get everything done. So I can understand why it's done that way, but I I also understand from a competitive point of view, it is a bit annoying when you have you find out on the Saturday you're fighting on the Monday, you know? Yeah, like I remember one day I was I was literally in bed on a Sunday and before I went to bed I got a text from our coach and he goes yeah you're down to fight tomorrow and it's just mm. like what 
like you're just not prepared at all and then suddenly since it's such short notice you are thinking about it from the second you go to bed from the second you wake up up until you step into that ring that's the only thing that's on your mind because you have so little time so you're almost in like a panic in your own head thinking about the fight yeah and then how many fights have you had all together again it was uh had five fights yeah yeah, four on the amateur card. Four on the amateur card. Okay. Actually, if you that, count if you count the show in the club, that's six. Six. Yeah. All right. We'll say six then. So when you um from then on, then you had like you were really nervous for the fights and all that, and you you said yeah. that then you stopped competing now for a while because the nerves. What was it? The nerves between what? Like, could you explain that? I felt like um, I felt like I literally just. Not to try and sound dramatic about it, but I couldn't really live my day-to-day life because while I was competing, it was always in the back of my mind. Even if it was during, say, May, when the season starts in September, when the leagues begin, and then after that to Dublin's, all I'd be thinking about is, okay, so you're going to fight in these leagues, so I'd be thinking about them already, do you know what I mean? And yeah. only when I finally sat down and made the decision in my own head, or I, you don't plan on fighting for the foreseeable future, then I could just relax and just think about other things. So it really consumed your mind then, was it? it like it kind of took over yeah. your life? Yeah, it was It was just always there. Because I, I was just thinking, I always had a thought in my mind, this is the experience that you went through before, this is how you felt before, and you're going to have to do it again. And even though that may not be soon, it will happen. I feel like it was more myself than boxing as a whole, because I think everyone should compete in boxing. Or not everyone should compete in boxing. I mean, every person who starts boxing boxing should compete in an amateur event, because I feel like it can be a great experience. I'm very happy that I fought the fights that I did. I'd never yeah. say that I wish I didn't fight, but... I don't think it's for everybody. I feel like there's a very certain type of person that those fights are for. Like people that can win those fights. And when you uh when you stopped them, where was part of the nerves, was it just the fear of losing itself, or were you afraid that you were gonna like get hurt this time? Uh, at no point was I scared of getting hurt or losing. I knew that either I was gonna win or I was gonna lose. Like I've never been knocked down any of my fights. I've had eight counts from refs but I was never scared of getting hit hard or getting punched or getting battered or losing or whatever I felt like well, well see, the second I got into the ring it went away I yeah. was when I got into the ring I was looking at the man in front of me but up until that point all I could think of like oh what if he's like this what if this is how he fights and then that kind of like that went away because it was in front of me at that stage do you know what I mean? Yeah, I get what you mean. So, would you um? You said that you don't regret having the fights, but do you ever regret l- leaving and and not competing for a while? And then you you know you haven't been trained. Like you're coming back now, but you took a break off training. Do you ever regret that? Uh, regret stopping competition or from training? Regret both. Like, do you regret getting in? Sp- like, do you regret not going in sparring now? The, the last couple of months, do you regret? 
not competing um, in however, however long it's been. It's been a while anyway, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been September last time. No, it wasn't September. It would have been almost... No, September, yeah. But September of... of not not 20, September, gone to September before that, wasn't it? Yeah, 2019. Oh, no, 2018, yeah. 2018. Yeah. I do and do you think, think that? Um, I don't, honestly. I'm very happy. I am happy that I made the decision to take a break from competing. Maybe I might come back someday. I don't know. But I'm very happy that I don't have to pressure myself into competing right now because I feel that's what I did before. I, I more pressured myself into it. There was times where I was, I didn't want to be a competing fighter. Not that I didn't want to take fights. But I didn't want to have to compete, but I made myself. And I'm happy that I took a break from that because I could relax then. I could almost let myself, let my mind get at ease. But. The, sorry, 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 carry on. Sorry? So carry on, sorry. What, yeah, I dropped you there, sorry. And uh, I think the break from the boxing, I love boxing, I love fighting, I love sparring, I love the training. I think it's great, especially the people in the club. But. I do think I just took a little break to move on with other things. I have I've been in the gym. I've done a lot more bodybuilding work. I wouldn't describe myself as a bodybuilder, but that's what I've been doing. I've been yeah, trying I to. Do <laughs> Fuck off! <laughs> <laughs> but I've been just trying to get a bit bigger, and I think that was my priority. Obviously, I don't think at any stage in my life am I ever gonna let go of boxing. I think it'll always be there for me, but. Um, that's just not the top priority on my mind right now, I think. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, you've been coming back. You've come, you've come there on a few times. I mean, the last month. Like, yeah, just... I've, always, I've always been there, but I haven't been consistent, I would say. I get you. But, I mean, that's something, like, people don't talk about this a lot because, like I said, start, it's boxing is like... It's macho and everything. But you see more and more fighters, to be fair, coming out, especially in the MMA scene, uh, like Darren Till. Do you know Darren Till? Yeah. Like he came out after the his last fight against Calvin Gaslam, and he said, like he was hoping the fight gets called off last minute. He he hoped um like he was really nervous before the fight went out. And then since he said there's a couple of fighters coming out now, uh, big names like Don Cerrone. Um, there was Joshua before. After Ruiz won as well. Yeah. So, like, I mean, I think maybe at an amateur level, there's more people trying to act macho. But when you get to the pro level and you see the best guys in the world who who have these feelings, you know, like, it's a natural thing. Because if the best have it, then the rest of us have it, you know? Yeah. I think it's because at the amateur level, it's a lot younger people. People don't want to come off weak. People don't... if you're a boxer, it carries that like name with it, like you're meant to be tough or whatever. And it's almost like that gets stripped away from you if you're scared. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I think the more the more pros that open up about it, and the more people that talk about it, it become it can become more of an accepted thing across the community and to the general public that are looking at people thinking like remember Joshua before before the first fight, uh in the ring, you could see he looked nervous. And then yeah. people were like, oh, bitch. Oh, he's scared. Like, he would be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there were 80,000 people or whatever that was. Yeah. And he wasn't, like, 
there would have been a lot of people in that crowd that didn't want him to win. Yeah, that's why that it was in America, and Mexico was a lot closer to America than England would be. Yeah, they paid to get up there. A lot of people in that crowd wanted Ruiz to win, and I feel like that was new for Joshua fighting outside of the UK for the first time. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So another thing I want to talk about today is, um, you know, the YouTube boxing, and I know I don't want to break down Gabe versus Jake Paul. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> I was like, Roy. you see a lot of people coming out, a lot of boxers saying the way they think it's bad for the sport. And then you have obviously Eddie Hearn, who's one of the biggest promoters in the world. He's the one putting these events on. He said he's going to hold three year. Um, do you think it's bad for the sport and it makes a mockery of the sport? I think it's good and bad in both ways. You see uh, Logan Paul, I don't think it's the best for him for the sport because you look at him he's talking about fighting heavyweight he's he's fighting Antonio Brown the American football player soon that's in December is and he? I feel like yeah he is it got announced on the zone okay a boxing or anything? boxing okay and uh, I feel like that's something that shouldn't be carried across because that's just two people looking to have a fight with each other and looking to make money because Antonio Antonio Brown's career is in shambles and they're just people trying to like stay relevant almost and they're like oh hey boxing's this big thing let's try and tap into that but I feel like people like KSI and Gabe and even Jake Paul they all have a great respect for the sport and they spare no length to talk about how grueling the training is and how how much of an, like a tough sport it actually is, and that it takes people to put real effort in to succeed at it. And but I feel like that's good because it almost it's a whole new audience for the sport. Like yeah. I don't agree with. Uh, I remember when Billy Joe Saunders fought on the undercard for, or yeah. not the undercard, but the main card, but he fought under KSI and Logan Paul. Yeah. I don't think that ever should happen. That's two names who they might be more popular but it's a boxing fight or it's a boxing card I feel like putting them above a man like Billy Joe Saunders who would be considered one the greatest fighting right now I don't feel like that's right but I feel with Gibb like Gibb wasn't even the main event with Jake Paul yeah there's no problem with integrating it into pro fights because if they if they get their pro card and everything, it's a pro boxing match. You can't disagree with that. Yeah, they're doing it the proper see, way. Like the way on, yeah. I see it is, you have boxing who has been. I mean, for a while, like you know, like they always say, the state heavyweight boxing. Popularity wise, is when it's the state of boxing as a whole. Popularity now, that's not always true, but you know, a while ago it was Klitschko, uh, the heavyweight champion. Obviously, there was a bit of a dip, a lot of people didn't even know, like a dip in the audience. A lot of people didn't even know what yeah. the heavyweight champion was. Um, yeah, now obviously, it's looking up with like of Fury, uh, Wilder, um, Joshua, um, Dillian White. Chazor, like there's a lot of big names, so it's starting to get yeah. more hype. But I think it, it it can never be enough though, because boxing is such an old sport and it hasn't 
hasn't changed, you know. It'll always be two people in the center of the ring fighting each other with their fists. So that's what it'll always be. So it's hard to get a new audience in, I think, because people know what it is. Like if you ask, go out and ask any random fighter on what's boxing, they'll throw a punch and show you what it is because everybody knows yeah. what it is. So I think if you get you have you have these Jake Paul, Arnie Son Gibb, KSI, Logan Paul, and between them all they have millions and millions of followers of young people. And maybe have never even seen a boxing fight before, they just know of it. But yeah. if you get if you if they follow, say, KSI or they follow Logan Paul on YouTube and then they see, oh, these are having a fight and then they have these promo videos coming out of them training, them hitting pads, them hitting bags, them sparring, and then you go see them fight, you know that they're fighting. You're going to obviously go, oh, I can't, I can't wait to see who wins this fight. And then you might buy a subscription, you might buy the pay-per-view, um, and then you might watch the whole card. And then it's yeah. exposing itself. So for, say, the Bridge of Saunders, how many people do you think knew his name? Like, I, I love Bridge of Saunders. I think he's great. Yeah. Of like your average person, how many people think knew his name until he was on the undercard? Exactly, I think uh, with Eddie Hearn, especially in the zone, their goal right now isn't to introduce more people to boxing. It's try, it's to try and bring boxing, uh, find more hardcore fans for boxing. So a lot of people would be interested in boxing and they know the heavyweight champions, but a much smaller percentage of those people. Are the people that would stay up till five in the morning to watch the fights in Las Vegas, and I, I feel like what they're trying to do now is trying to bring more people into that circle that are willing to follow the fighters as fighters rather than just think, oh, boxing that's when they punch each other. Yeah, yeah, I am. Um, yeah, no, I mean, obviously, Bridget Saunders was a big name before, but a lot of people like my friends in school who wouldn't really watch boxing but they watched, um the KSI Logan fight and then they're coming out the next day talking about Bridge Joe Saunders and they know of him because they watched the card so yeah. in that sense I mean Billy Joe Saunders is getting great exposure there he's fighting in front like he's getting millions of eyes on him for his fight and then obviously the other boxers too they're getting millions of eyes on them literally so I don't know if it's a big problem that KSI and Logan are on the main event because I'm sure Billy Joe Saunders got a good payday for that fight because you know, I'm sure you got a cut at the pay per view or whatever, and there was so many yeah. people who bought the pay per view and people who were uh, live. So I don't have a problem with it. A lot of people have a problem with it. I can understand their point. How do you think it's making? Like some people said, think it's making a mockery of it. And I, yeah. I agree with this if it's like, you know, like those press conferences they did. I didn't. I couldn't watch them. I they were just. I watched like a minute of my yeah, They were off. Exactly. They both try and act like McGregor and those yeah. antics. But the only difference is McGregor can actually fight. You yeah, know, he can actually spark people. <laughs> yeah, Troy Mayra can actually fight. Muhammad Ali can actually fight. Mike Tyson can actually fight. These people who are good in the mic. But you don't like you can't have KSI and Logan Paul and Jake Paul doing all the the Bruce Lee poses and acting like yeah. any day a week because they're not. So I understand in that sense it's kind of making a joke out of the sport. But in terms of competition-wise, I think they should be allowed to compete if they want to do it. And if they want to bring more eyes on to our sport, bring more money into our sport, 
bring future fans. Like a lot, I say a lot of people watch that fight and heard KSI was training, so you know what, I might as well give it a start, give it a go as well. So yeah. I, I I think it's I think it's eighty twenty in the side for good. The, the thing, I think there's there's two sides and it's very split. I think there's the gatekeepers who think they're special because they watch boxing and they're afraid that their thing is going to become everyone's thing. So they're like, no, it has to be real boxers. But yeah. And then there's the other side where it's like, oh, well, if it makes money for a sport, like if Billy Joe Sanders is happy to fight an undercard, it makes him a lot of money. So if he's happy with it, why don't we? I feel like I can't agree or disagree with either side because I think that of course, if they earn their pro card, they put the training in. Like, you look, you watch the videos. They weren't doing any soft, like, easy training. Like, okay, we're going to go in and get a little kick around, knock around, and then we're going to get a lot of money. Like, they both put a lot of effort in. Like, you saw Jake Paul. He went off with, uh, what was the coach's name? Um, Sugar, what's the name? Um, uh, Samuel or something, isn't it? Leonard something right but he her top boxer and he went up to Big Bear up in the mountains to do his high altitude cardio training like that is commitment if anything yeah and he looked and, good physically like he looked in shape you could tell yeah, he trained he did put the work in and I think they if they want to put the work in if they want to fight like real boxers right, then they can fight like real boxers but uh, I just don't think it's like they shouldn't be on the top, top card, like above these other people who have been doing their whole lives and prove themselves. Mm. I feel more, well, more, it's more of a principal thing. Yeah. Look, man, I think we're going to wrap it up here. It was good. Do you want to um, share out yeah, your Instagram? Or uh, yeah, follow uh, Koi Ben, C-A-I-B-E-N-T-O-N underscore, underscore on Instagram. <laughs> All right, man. It was that's, fun. That's uh, that's thanks for coming on. All right. Thanks for having me. All right. I'll see you Goodbye. Bye. Bye.